Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, the King of glory, you really, really love us, Lord. And sometimes I think, Lord, um, the world that we can see becomes a lot um, more real to us than, than that which we cannot see. And sometimes, Lord, I confess, I invest myself very much in um, that which I can see, which I can work towards, uh, towards my uh, tangible ambitions, Lord. Um, but you clearly tell us in Scripture that you clearly tell us that that which is seen is temporary, but that which is not seen is eternal. So let us set our eyes on things above and not on things of the earth. Um, so I pray, Lord, tonight that tonight, Lord, you can give us some encouragement in that direction, Lord. You can give us like a new springboard, Lord, to remember and to recognize and to enjoy the unseen, the beauty of the unseen world and the unseen life. And that though it is not seen, Lord, it is, it is certainly experienced by your saints. And maybe, Lord, maybe you can give each one of us hope in our hearts. You can give each one of us, Lord, tangible hope in our hearts that we too can experience. We too can experience the unseen world and it can become part of our day-to-day -day experience. Please, Lord, revive, rekindle, Lord, that inner spark inside of us and, and give us to give us to be moved lord towards a deeper christian life in your mighty name lord we pray amen so i'd just like to start off by um um sharing that nowhere in nowhere in scripture nowhere um in any of the writings of any of the saints nowhere in any uh is there ever a suggestion that you can kind of like max out spiritual life this idea of um you know how's your life with god and it's like it's 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 good that's a common question i ask people hi how are you how's school how's work how's this how's that um and then after we you know we've kind of we've kind of caught up on on the the sort of day-to-day of stuff I oftentimes will ask people you know how um, how's life with God and um, and then we'll get into a conversation and oftentimes the answer will be like things are good and I'll say okay well what, what what's good and they're like uh, you know like I'm here God's there you know God helps me with stuff and and the the question which was how is your life with God really got answered more like how are you you know but that wasn't the question. Like the question is, is how's your how's your life with God? How's your connection with God? You know, like like how how many signal bars <laughs> do you have? You know, how 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 clear is the sound? Is there static? Can you hear clearly? You know, how's the two way communication going? You know, um, and um, if you if 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 you look in the lives of the saints, if you look in Scripture, you you find that like Saint Paul's aspiration is that we would experience the, 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 the height and the width and the length and the depth uh, 
of the love of Christ for us. His hope for us is that we would grow to the fullness of the stature of the measure of Christ. He uses these terms that are like out of this world. And somewhere along the line, and I'm putting myself in the same, in the same, in, in the same group as all of us, somewhere on, along the line, I've been kind of, I've, I've become okay with, I've become satisfied, I've become okay with where things are at. I haven't achieved these great heights that St. Paul is talking about um, and, and, and other parts in Scripture are talking about, and yet I've become kind of okay with that. Um, I think the way most of us would, would call that is, I lost my inspiration, or I lost my drive, or I, I forgot how to dream. Those are all maybe different ways we, different people, might um, describe might describe what, what we're talking about. So, sorry, just one sec. Sorry about that. And I think that happens to all of us. One of the things that I really, uh, one of the things I do when I feel like I've lost my drive, I've lost, I don't know, my first love, I've lost, I've lost my, I've lost my, my ability to dream that things could be even better than they are now. I get it. Things aren't bad. That's something that's good. That's, that's something to thank God for. God isn't, you know, you know, wanting us to always be in pain and suffering, but the idea that that I'm satisfied is like C.S. Lewis says something really cool. He says, "Man is easily satisfied, but not easily pleased. Whereas God is not easily, uh, whereas God is not easily satisfied, but He's always pleased with man." What does that mean? That means like I'll get like a you know like a sixty-five or a seventy on an exam, and I'll be like satisfied but not happy. Like, I, I, I wish I got that A, and I didn't get an A, and I really know that I, I, I really think I could get an A, but I'm satisfied. I'm not going to do anything any more than what I did, right? So I'm not pleased, but I'm satisfied. What a horrible place to be, because you just don't, you're not happy, but you don't have the drive to do what it takes to make you happy, whereas God is the opposite. He looks at you and he looks at me and he's always pleased. He looks at you and he looks at me and he's always looking at you saying, good job, that's great, fantastic. And next time we'll reach even higher, right? Without any sense of, 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 of displeasure, you know, he's 100% pleased with me and with you. But he sees the fullness of the potential in us and he's excited to bring us there. But nothing we do, more or less, would ever affect his love for us, would ever affect the, the favor that he sees us with. So in the context of that, I'll share with you what I often do and one of my favorite places to go when I feel like I'm starting to lose my drive. There's this, there's this little book, I don't know, it's probably about 100 pages, 
called The Hermit Fathers that was probably published, I don't know, maybe in the early 90s or something. And you could just, just look up The Hermit Fathers PDF, just Google that, and it'll come up. And it's got the, the stories of, of the lives of, of a bunch of desert, desert hermits. A hermit is somebody who um, lives out in the desert um, or in the wilderness or away from people, I guess, to use a broader term. But in this case, these are desert hermits. Um, and, uh, and they're doing this because of a, a desire to spend all of their time and their effort and their energy in the worship of God. And that might sound totally crazy or it might sound like something totally um, inexplicable to you and to me. And I would wager that the reason that that sounds totally like unexplainable and there's like no good reason why anybody would want to just wander out into the middle of the desert largely be in, 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 a, in a state of like subacute starvation forever, you know, um, and so on, it, it is like unthinkable. Like, why would anybody want to do that? Well, um, to answer that question, um, I'll share with you a story from um, a, my spiritual father. Uh, I remember I was standing and talking to him and this little kid just interrupted us. He must have been about six or seven. And he says, he, he says to my spiritual father, he says to him, Abuna, which means father, uh, what will we do in heaven? So um, what a loaded question. And, and then he's interrupting our conversation. But anyways, I'm glad he did uh, because I'll never forget that. And um, my, uh, my priest turns to him and says, well, we'll talk to God. And he says, forever? <laughs> my priest says, says to him, yeah. Well, to be more precise, we'll praise God with the angels. He says, oh. And he paused for a second. He goes, forever? And my spiritual father says, yes. And then he says, what will we do when we're done that? <laughs> he, says, he says, we'll just start right over again. And he looks at me, he's like, forever? <laughs> The kid's thinking, like, I don't know if this is really heaven or not. Like, you know, praising God forever. Church that goes on forever. I'm usually, like, counting down the minutes till it's done. I'm, I'm wondering if that's what he was thinking. I'm sure it's what I was thinking when I was six or seven. And uh, my spiritual father kind of paused, and I could almost hear the gears creaking. Like, he's trying to figure out a way to explain it to this, to this kid. He goes, hey, isn't your brother so-and-so? And he says, yeah. And he says, isn't he engaged? Oh, here comes the rain. Um, isn't he engaged? And uh, he says, uh, yeah. The little kid says, yeah. And then he says, uh, he says to his, uh, to his spir my spiritual father says to him, uh, well, how, how long does he spend on the phone with his fiance? And the little kid looks up at him. He's like, forever. And he says, does he look like he's enjoying it? He says, yeah. He goes, it'll be something like that. <laughs> right? And the kid understood. By the way, if anybody needs an umbrella, I have one very large umbrella in my car. Yeah, feel free to go grab one if you, uh, if you want. And if you want mine, you can have it. Um, and so these hermits 
would find that they enjoy being with God more than they enjoy being with people and that they that their time with people has become like an interruption to their time with God and so after a lot of practice and a lot of of experience in the spiritual life they'll they'll get the approval to to go out into the desert so I'll share with you a couple of their stories quickly um, and then we'll see what we're gonna do with this rain. And feel free if you, if you, with this rain, if you don't, if you, if you prefer to take off, you're just here to have a good time, right? So if the rain is ruining it for you, feel free to go, don't feel obliged, I have to stay. So the first story I wanna share with you is one of my favorite saints, Saint Mark of Mount Termeca, or often called um, Abamoros Termeki, from Mount Termeca. So in his late 20s, um, his parents passed away, uh, his father passed away, um, and reflecting on his father's death, he realized that his father had done everything possible not to die, doctors and so on, and, and his, his, his father really didn't want to die, and he didn't condemn him for that, but he realized that his father died sort of against his will, and he said, I want to die according to my will. I don't want to die against you know sort of against my will so to speak and so so prays and prays and prays and he has a vision telling him to take a boat to go for he was in Alexandria to go down the coast of the Red Sea so he does and he's going down the coast of the Red Sea and he hears a voice as he's um, as he's passing by this mountain that tells him to stop stop here so he stops and he gets out and he goes up into into the mountain and he climbs the mountain and finds a cave and as he's going up into the cave um, uh, of that of that mountain he f he hears voices telling him to leave telling him no this mountain is ours you have no right to be here um, and they're like shouting at him and ter ter literally terrorizing him um, and so these uh, of course, they're demons. And so the, the whole mountain was inhabited by demons. And he was stubborn as an ox. He decided, no, he's going to stay. He went to the mountain in his, in his early 30s. And for 35 years, the demons terrorized him. And he would spend all night in prayer. Um, he would spend all night in prayer. And while he's praying in the middle of the night, Imagine like while he's standing to pray in the middle of the night, the demons would grab him and take him and drag him to the top of the mountain and then throw him down and throw him down. And he'd, he'd go tumbling down the mountainside into the rocks at the bottom. And he'd for sure death, like being thrown from the top of a mountain, right? And just before he smashes on the rocks in the sea, they would catch him, drag him back up the mountain and then throw him back down again, you know, kind of like, you know, dribbling a basketball, right? 
all night long and he would scream in pain and, and, and beg God to save him. And the demons would tell him, leave, leave this place and we'll leave you alone. And he would say, no, God commanded me to stay here and to pray. And so that's what I will do in obedience to God. And, and he does, he stays. Um, he stays out of obedience to God, he stays. Um, and that, that persisted for like 30 years or 35 years, I can't remember. And then after that, for another 60 years, imagine 60 years, the demons left him. And all he experienced was the presence of the angels and the saints. And time goes, these 60 years pass, and there is a very a saintly monk in a monastery, also along the north coast, also along sort of near Alexandria, who has a vision. And in his vision, he sees, he sees two older monks, and they're talking about spiritual life. And then they say to each other, but what do we know compared to the holiest, to the holiest man in the desert, Abba Moros, right? And so he doesn't know what to make of that dream. So he goes, his, his name, this monk who had this dream, his name is Abba Serapion. So Abba Serapion goes and asks his elder, he tells him, I had this dream. And he says, oh yes, it is said that there is a monk named Mark who lives on a mountain out by the Red Sea. And the, his Abba told him, pray and ask God what he wants you to do about this vision that you had of the two elders. So he prays and he has another vision where the two elders are telling him, go and find this, this monk and write his story. Go find the, the Abba, Abba Moros and write his story. And so... He wakes up, he takes the permission of his, of, his, of his elder, he takes some water and some dates, and he goes off journeying in the desert. He asks for some directions of how to, get to the, how to get to the mountains on the Red Sea and so on in Alexandria, and they tell him best thing to do would be to take a ship and go by, by sea, because you, you'll never get there going through the desert. But he, he doesn't listen, he doesn't want to be, he's a monk also, so he doesn't want to be around people too much. And so he says, I'll walk through the desert. So he walks through the desert. And has, as he's going through the desert, he passes out. Runs out of water, runs out of dates. This is Abba Serapion, right? And he passes out. And he has the vision again of those two monks telling him, why didn't you wait for us? We would have carried you there ourselves. And he feels like somebody rousing him awake. And he sees the two elders in front of him. He doesn't know if he's hallucinating or he's because he hasn't had anything to drink now for days, you know, he's so dehydrated. So, and they give him some wild grass to eat and he eats it and he says he regains all of his strength and he goes on in the strength of that little wild grass for like another week until he makes it to the mountain. And when he gets to the mountain, all he can hear is, is angels praising. And so he goes up the mountain and when he gets to the top of the mountain, he sees like like a cloud of angels around one side of the mountain. And so he goes to that side and he, he sees the opening of a cave and he goes to the opening of the cave and he sees a, like a man standing inside praying. And so he doesn't want to interrupt him. So he just stands at the door of the cave watching him. And then Abamoros walks out to him. And when he sees him, he says, 
he says to he says I've never seen anything like this. He was he looked like vivacious and very very much alive, very full of life, and yet he was he was scrawny. He was just skin and bones, and he wasn't wearing any clothes, but his hair covered his entire body almost like a bear. And so he asked him, "Who are you?" And he said, "I am." Abba Mark, and he greeted him by his name. Welcome, Abba Serapion. I've been waiting for you. And he says to him, how do you know me? And he says, they told him, the Lord told me that you would come. And so they greet each other and they pray together and so on. And then Abba Mark turns to the door of the cave and he says, prepare something for us to eat. And Abba Serapion has no idea who he's talking to. Later on, he realizes he was talking to angels. And they pray together some more. And then Abba Mark tell, tells him his story that I've told you already. And then he tells him, as part of his story, he tells him, I know my appearance is strange. I'm not wearing any clothes because from all of the torment of the demons, all of my clothes got torn off from all of the, the beatings and the being tossed up and down the mountain. All my, all my, all my clothes got, got tattered. And at one point in the depth of my like misery and, and self-pity, I turned to God and I told him, God, is, there's nothing even to cover my nakedness. I'm, I am ashamed to stand before you in prayer. I'm ashamed of myself because I'm naked. And, and in that moment, God made um, his hair grow out all of, all of a sudden, his hair grow out and cover all his body as though God was telling him, I will, I will cover you myself. And so they spend, they, they go out of the cave and they find a table set with two pieces of fish and water and milk and honey. And Abba Mark says, says to him, every day the angels prepare a table like this for me, but they only prepare one piece of fish. But because you came, they prepared two. And then they spend the, the, the following day in prayer together. And then the next day after that, um, Abba Moros tells him, today I'm going to rest in the Lord. Today I'm going to die. And, um, and um, please leave my body here. Don't even take a single hair from my body. And leave, leave me here. Don't, don't shroud me. Don't, don't, dig, don't dig a hole for me. Just leave me in this cave. And God himself will care for me. And so, as they're praying, they see the angels come and the Lord Jesus Christ come and they receive his spirit. And Abba Serapion lays him to rest in the cave. And as Abba Serapion is like mourning his, his death and, you know, wishing that he would have known him for longer and been able to spend more time with him, as he's going down the mountain, he sees a big fiery right hand come down from heaven and seal the door of the cave and a voice from heaven tell him the whole world is not worthy of a single hair from the body of my son mark and that's the story of abba moros termeki who witnessed heaven saw the saw paradise he told abba serapion like saint paul was taken to the third heaven I was taken many times and I got to see paradise and I got to see things that are so beautiful I wouldn't even know how to begin to tell you about them. Oh, I'm okay. Don't worry about me. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm dressed for the wedding. Um, 
so that's the story of Abamor Asuf Termeki. Another, another, uh, another story that's like just as spectacular is Abba Hermina. Abba Hermina was a, a, like a peasant shepherd boy. His, his, his father was a shepherd and he was a shepherd. And um, from when he was 10 years old, he would, he would uh, wander off from the sheep and go and pray. Um, uh, and then eventually he, he wanted to be a monk. Um, and so he, he went um, to the monastery and he became a monk. And through a series of events, and I won't go through all of them, he became a hermit. Ava Hermina was also tested very severely by, um, by the, the demons. And they did all kinds of terrible things to him. Abba Hermina would do 1,200 prostrations every morning and 1,200 prostrations every evening. 2,400 Natanyas or prostrations every day. And that was the depth of his worship of God. And again, the, the demons would attack him while he was in prayer. One, one time he was in his cave and the, the, the demons appeared as a massive sandworm. And it, it, kept, it kept turning itself until it, it completely buried his cave in sand. And of course he knew that this was like a very unusual occurrence. This was not something normal or natural. So it must be supernatural. And so he prayed. And when he prayed, Archangel Michael took the demon by, by his throat and put him under Abba Hermina's feet and told him, uh, Archangel Michael told him, do with him whatever you want. Archangel Michael used to appear to Abba Hermina all the time. And so, so Abba Hermina told, the, told the, the, the demon, I want you to dig out my entire cave. So the demon transformed himself into a lion and with his paws he dug out all of the sand and restored the cave to what it was before. And then Abba Hermina told him, I will not let you go unless you promise that you will stop tormenting the saints. And so... The demon said, I can't, like that's like, I, I'd be unemployed, the equivalent, you know. And he says to him, no, I will not let you go until you, you promise. And the demon was like screaming in pain, tortured by the purity and the holiness of Abba Hermina. And, um, uh, and, uh, and until he promised and then Abba Hermina let him go. His story is somewhat similar to, to, to Abba Moros's, but the, the one different feature in it is at the time of his death Archangel Michael and Archangel Gabriel and David uh, the psalmist were there to receive his soul and to take him up to paradise and there's so many other stories of these hermit fathers but th their lives and th the reality of their stories testifies to the fact that there's so much more than the world that we can see that you and I can see and that even if you've had beautiful and magnificent spiritual experiences or you haven't, there's so much more left for us to experience. And that these people who are in the flesh, they weren't they were people, they weren't they weren't dead yet. They were they were they weren't spirits. They were in the flesh. You could see that they, they could experience these things without you know, while they were still while they're still alive. And if that was possible for them, it's probably possible for you and me. With the rain, I had two more stories prepared, but with the rain, maybe we should uh, 
pretty quickly and then whoever wants to hang out can hang out and whoever feels like they've 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 had enough um, then uh, we can wrap it up in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit one God Amen Lord I beg you Lord to usher us into a deeper spiritual life I beg you Lord to usher us Lord into a deeper experience of you Lord though these Though these saints and these holy people are, are living a reality way, 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 way different from mine. And I'm struggling just to pray according to my spiritual rule. I'm, I'm struggling just to, just to pray every morning. And really basic li thi like spiritual practices, Lord. And these people are, are, are on a com they're in a completely, completely different league, Lord. They testify to the fact that everybody started from somewhere and everybody, everybody, Lord, has access to your grace. And the grace, Lord, that acted in them, Lord, you're able to put that same grace in us and in our lives. Hear our prayers, O Lord. Amen.